0: I mean, I'm sure I, I'd seen my dad naked a couple times because, you know, that shit just happens or whatever. But Whoa,
1: no. that took a turn. You are
0: now listening to Good, Bad, or Bullshit Welcome to the Good, Bad, or Bullshit Podcast. The podcast where three guys, debate topics selected at random by the Random Topic Generator. Joining me today, as always, is Canada's newest cement countertop professional, Michael Hodgins. Hi, Mike. I'd say I'm still technically in the realm of amateur. But, ah, uh, you're a professional in my heart. And also joining us is our... Number one, I can't think of anything, but he's awesome. Crofton Steers. Crofton, hi. You know,
1: you know, you lack skills when even Bo can't invent one.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm the man with the beard, Bo Schwartz, and we're going to debate a random topic. But first, how are you guys doing today? You feeling good? Limber? Have you done your stretches before debating?
2: Yep, my lungs feel clear and clean. How do your lungs feel?
0: I'm not planning
1: on debating. I, I'm always in agreement with you, got gentlemen, and your smart points.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I guess we sh- I shouldn't assume it's always debate. Sometimes it is, we, as we say, an echo chamber. Um, Mike, on the subject of my lungs, why don't we switch on over to... Smokewash 2014. All right. For those tuning in for the first time, Smoke Watch 2014 is a little segment we do to talk about or... Uh, Bo's failure to
2: quit smoking. Yeah,
0: basically my failure to quit smoking. Um, and failure is the word of the podcast. <laughs> How <laughs> so, do you spell that? Uh, F-A-L-U-R. <laughs> Did I get it? <laughs> Close. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, I think last episode I talked about falling off the wagon, but I was going to get back on and I haven't done so. Um, Instead of getting back on, you just stayed off and smoked more cigarettes. I'm deep in the pits of smoking despair at this point. Um, But I am because I've moved to Ontario and I'm waiting for my health card. And When I get that, I have a place I'm going to go to. I think I mentioned this the last time we talked about it. So I'm just still waiting for the health card. Um, But the check-in is that I suck and um, I'm I'm shortening my life every single day. So, uh, you know, savor these podcasts. There may not be many more left. So does that mean are you going to put Smoke Watch on hold
2: for a bit since you, your next update will likely just be Never. you still have not quit smoking?
0: No, <laughs> still... cause I, I think the idea is humiliation and accountability if I'm, you know, and also for listeners and for you guys to give me support. Um, <laughs> or <for instance>. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of shitting on me. But, um, you know, just it, it makes me accountable. So I actually feel pretty crummy reporting, uh, you know, that I don't have any good news to develop. Why well, do smoking? So, so maybe I'll think about that. Yeah.
2: It, yes. Try again. Yes, I will. It won't last a day? No, he won't. He's saying that
1: just so you shut up. But he doesn't. He's not actually going to quit. <laughs> That's true. He does like, love. Smoking. He's not. He's not actually committed. I trust me. Somebody who's really, really. I know it's hard to do, but somebody who's really, really committed. I mean, there wouldn't be the creation of whatever. Deadlines well, and it's this sort hard of to thing.
2: say you're committed, though, when you have uh, a- an addiction telling you, but why don't you just have a cigarette? Why yeah, don't I you know. just have one? It'll be so good. It's hard I know to I know but
1: it's been it's been a long time since he's been off the wagon now and he could have gotten back on or he could he could have you know fallen off multiple times since but he hasn't even tried to get back on and he's now got these things like oh when I get my health card or when I get this or when I get that <laughs> it, it really feels to me like he doesn't really want to quit.
0: It's true. I haven't learned I've been like this since I was a kid making excuses and not doing the things that I know I should be doing. So uh Croftons on the money. Well, being aware of it is, a, is the but first we, step, though.
1: And we want you to quit because I really don't want you to develop one of those smoky voices on the podcast where you're like, what do you hey, call? sugar, whistle, whistle, let's talk girl. about what, <laughs> what what topic comes out of their random generator today. Hi, guys.
0: Hi, guys. <clears throat> Time to do a podcast. You know what I oh, got yeah. the whole lot of Or when out. people
2: do those when they laugh, but instead of laughing, they just do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know that thing? I, where, think where the, I think this is the point of the bow bashing where, where Crofton comments that I'm single ladies. Oh yeah. <laughs> Can and I? ready to mingle. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, All very right. nice. Um should thanks guys for the support. I think we should do a topic, Mike. Uh so why don't you step on over to the random topic generator? Of my lungs off. about to get ugh. Yeah, put a gas Locked mask on. Here it goes. <laughs>
2: I wonder what Tom's <laughs> <steak is>. going <coughs> to <clears throat> the uh is. to do. The topic today is organized
0: labor. Oh, okay. Uh, put it another way, unions or the union movement. Okay, so while you guys collect your thoughts, I meant to mention this before you pulled the random topic, but uh, we have a couple of viewers and people in our chat room, so if any of you guys listening want to chime in, uh, you know, please do so, and I'll try and read out what you have to say. Uh, so, organized labor, guys. Um, I don't know much about this topic. Okay, well... Think. Can I'm someone situate of, me?
2: I'm part of a union. Crofton. are you a member of a union? I know you are. I am. Bo, Cro- so. you're unemployed, so you're not
0: member of a union. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I'm not a member of a union. Unless, were you?
1: But we, at that job, where your last no, job? my
0: last job was not. We were not union. You were not. You're not unionists. Okay.
2: Look, there's a, you know what I'm noticing. In that, I, I feel like there's definitely an anti-union movement, which seems to be underway and has been underway for the past at least 15 years. I feel like where a lot of people who uh, are, are just trying to say negative things about unions. Uh, have you know, Have you guys noticed it, that? Yeah,
0: there's a lot of... Uh, I think there's a lot of press about the negati- negativity of unions. And I th- it seems always to me kind of tr- like transparent uh, spin in the sense that, you know, hey, bus drivers are going on strike. Now you can't ride your buses. It sucks. And I think actually the bus drivers re- around here recently went on strike and we all had to like walk into work or find alternate means and how dare they go on strike. Um, so I think that often if you're not a part of it, if it doesn't directly affect you and certainly if it inconveniences you, it generally, there isn't a, it's hard to spin the positive side of that story, or at least you don't see it in the media much. I think. Well, and there's also this, this view that always comes around, which I think is a largely a myth,
2: but the unionized workers are lazy. There's this thing about like, oh, you count on a unionized worker, it's going to take Twice as long and cost you twice as much, or that's sort of the view put forward, I think, by the conservative sort of um, <clears throat> quadrant of our society. I I, I remember seeing a uh, a tweet by it was one of who was it James no not James Moore oh what's his name I'm gonna get it wrong one of our moron ministers. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I say moron because what he, he tweeted about oh what was his name. Ah, uh, Jason Kenney. Jason Kenney,
1: the next prime minister of Canada. Yes, that's a sad story.
2: Well, <laughs> I remember I also talked, panned uh, Moore the other day for his like, children should go hungry uh, comment. Well, Jason Kenney had this comment about unions where he was like, he was like, just a. It was like it was a, He tweeted, just wrapped up a meeting uh, at midnight with my awesome th- staff. Thank God they're not unionized, and and he because. He was basically like, I can work them round the clock like slaves because they have no rights. <laughs> I mean, that's this, that's this, that's the, the subtext of that. He's happy they were there at midnight. Probably they're just good employees. They probably would have been there unionized or not because they're probably you know committed to their jobs. But this view, he thinks, oh, if they were unionized, they would have all gone home and left me high and dry. And that's a perception that a lot of time the right tries to put forth. Unions are or that they would have
0: gouged them financially. Like you'd have to pay ten times. Yeah, you gotta you know. pay me they got to have their rights you know and be, uh, <laughs> be getting compensated. back to
1: what, what you were saying about the labor bashing thing i think that you know while i somewhat agree with you i just think that that's a right left thing i think that when when you um and right now the right is in power in this country but uh but but if you look at an election and um it, what you'll have is often the left wing parties lamenting the fact that the right wing parties are in the pocket of big business. Meanwhile, the right wing parties will lament the fact that they feel that the left wing parties are in the pocket of big union. So... Um, I, I think I think that it's just so there's bad mouthing on both sides. There's tons of bad anti corporation, anti uh, private sector, uh, or, or or big money one percent bashing that's gone on in, in, in the <laughs> oh, past.
2: The poor one percent.
1: No, no. I no I, 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 I'm just saying, I'm I'm just. It is. It's the same thing. It's just on a different side. It doesn't mean that it's not justified. It's just like, the, and I think that some of that union bashing is comes from uh, maybe just. As well, because I think that um, where a lot of people feel on union, uh, a lot of people uh, stand on unions it, it, is that they recognize that they're necessary, and, and that life without them would be uh, across the board. Like if there were no unions, period. Most people realize that that would be somewhat problematic, but a lot of them feel that certain unions, in particular, um, have gone grown too big. Or are out of control or wield too much power and that sort of thing i 'm not saying I agree I think that's just a feeling that's out there
2: which which is potentially <clears throat> potentially a valid one. I mean we, we talked about bureaucracy once on this podcast and say how any big organization ends up having with its inefficiencies unions uh, unions included. but I think maybe worth taking a step back and you know uh, the origins of unions i don 't have a, know a complete history of anything, <clears throat> but I do know that in the, in the in the United States, um, and I think it's like um, Great Depression era where there was a literally violent conflict between people trying to form unions because of extremely low wages, poverty type wages, uh, and, and people realizing that the only power that they had against a sort of uh, an employer that wanted to exploit you, the only power you have is to get everyone together. Uh, join up, make a union and withhold your labor. That's the only power they have. And once that was established, and of course, <clears throat> there was violent clashes, uh, because uh, big business didn't want to see this happen. It did happen, it became, you know, uh, uh, outlined in law. So this, and and now it's just an aspect. And, and now they have grown into these big, powerful organizations, y- unions have, that can sort of I'll hold things over governments maybe we're going to go on strike what have you it, it's what it comes down to is it's a source of power and it's a power that is
0: uh um contrary to the other big one which is money i just want to jump in real quick it's kind of a, a bit of a segue but there's a really great movie called hoffa to watch about the teamsters just speaking of unions and americans history with uh, unions yeah i think the the ultimate um question there is a question of power so that basically it's mob rule where the 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 workforce which out generally outnumbers the business at a certain size you know can hold all the cards and can legally say well we're just going to prevent your company from generating revenue and put its future into jeopardy and i think that i think that 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 makes a I think that would make me uncomfortable if I was, you know, head of a company that they could all of a sudden just screw me and it would be very difficult, um, not to feel adversarial, even in, in today's age, it's very I think very difficult not to feel like that's an adversarial tone, like you're you're on two sides of an argument and um you wanna come out the victor. Uh so I, I don't have any firsthand experience. Have either of you ever been on strike or Or participated, or been even been canvassed by people. I remember before you. Sorry, I remember at McDonald's because I worked there one time, and I worked with a a, like a professed like Marxist communist. Um, He even brought me to like one of his secret communist meetings. I so didn't want to be a part of it, but I was eighteen and I was too shy to say no. And it was all these communists people like I didn't understand what was going on but I felt like I was somehow being a criminal and um I think there was discussions about unionizing McDonald's so as an as an example of the way it's touched my life is that pe- um, because that happened I did end up finding out that there was an attempt at one point to unionize a McDonald's and McDonald's just went you know what we don't need that McDonald's and just shut it down and they said for an unrelated reason but it was of course because they were poised to be yeah, how- a union place all the time.
2: there yeah how- There's a big story in Quebec. A Walmart, I think, got shut down because they tried to unionize. There is one that is unionized somewhere in Quebec, I believe. But see,
1: collective – Bo, you touched on – uh, something and you sort of represented the views in the exact opposite of the way that I feel about them. Where you're like, oh, it's th- th- these poor business owners. They own their business and they get bullied by their by their poor, uh, you know, this mass of humanity that joins together. <laughs> uh, the the reality in what what I like about unions is, and in, in theory is. W- they represent the collective, uh, uh, as opposed to the collective interest uh, of people of the people that work at a, a certain establishment for in a certain profession. Now, in the old days, what you could do was hire scabs, right? So your your workers they don't want they don't want to work. They all mutually agree not to work in the coal mine for two cents a day because the because the parrots keep dying in there or the whatever birds. Their children they, canary. Yeah. So yeah, Canary, yeah. thank you. Uh, so, so instead we're going to hire like little Timmy here. He's he you know, his voice is about to crack and he'll do it for one penny, you know. Um now when you're in, when your industry gets regulated to the point that that unions are are in, in, where it's enshrined in law that unions are able to represent you, um you can't hire a scab. Like you have to negotiate collective agreements with the unions, uh, and it becomes more of a more of, of what I would like to st- think of as a partnership, and less of uh, sort of a dict- dictatorial uh, autocracy where you have like um, somebody like imposing really really stringent work uh, work uh, um, uh, standards on their staff. Because yes, you can say now. Um, like there could be a business with that's not unionized and you could point to it and be like, look, that place isn't unionized and its staff aren't forced to work like animals and this sort of thing. And yeah, that's true. But that's because it exists in a unionized world. And if there were no unions, period um, – then you would you would rapidly see like the capitalistic system just uh churn and churn and it and it would end up with you know in in a pretty bad situation where people would be expected to work ridiculous hours for little little pay
0: yeah it se- it seems like it's hard I, I, cuz my personal experience informs much of what i know on this subject and it's very it's very subjective to me but when i look at a lot of this the the opinions that both you have and, and My experience learning about unions and seeing what positive things have been born of the existence of unions, you know, I definitely have to give them a lot of credit for I think a lot of the rights that we have just as like a lot of the laws that are enacted came about from these conversations, you know, and these confrontations ultimately. So um, fair point. I have a story, though, and it's not a really good story, but it's just... But <laughs> I'll <laughs> well, tell it anyway. Yeah, it's it's, it's just a memory. My dad's a refrigeration technician, and he worked for um, the company that my grandfather built with his partner. Very small company. And I remember I worked with him a few summers. I was like 15, I think. And I don't remember the context around it, but to this day, I remember we were looking out at a, a hockey rink being built, and there was a bunch of workers there. And I remember my dad going, Union workers, ugh, don't trust them. They're they're terrible. <laughs> like they're they're horrible. I remember like the complete. And we're not talking about a big guy in power. We're talking about you know when you work for a small company like that. We're talking about people who are willing to sign on to do twenty hour workdays and work to the bone because that's their ethos. Because it is a choice that you can make, and you can look down your nose at people. And maybe it's almost a form of machismo like our last episode in the workplace to be like you know I'm awesome I'll work as long and as hard as it takes it's not about money it's about being a good worker it's about being a man and unionized people are babies and, well, and yeah, that yeah. I just remember that so strongly
2: well, that well—that's you know—that's your your dad's opinion. He clearly has a good work ethic, but in, and I think there is something to be said for that. I mean, um, in in my workplace it's very—I would
1: argue that's not a good work ethic. Just as an aside, well, no, like, but that, I
2: know that I happen to know that Bo's dad ha- has a good work ethic. Okay. So, and he ha- he holds view, having never been in a union, that union people are lazy. And I was saying that earlier that how that's a common held sort of belief on one side of the political spectrum that unionized workers are lazy. And he's like, and he works a lot, so that's yeah, what he thinks. It, but it's
0: not even political or money. Well, no, it's but just, still, that's, he's
2: just a guy. You know, it's that's, his, his, that's yeah. his opinion because because a unionized worker might be like, ah, oh, I work forty hours a week uh, a week. That's it. And you're, and sometimes you're not even allowed to work more because that's what was. You know, yeah. negotiated, so you have yeah. to leave. Whereas your dad, like, you work till the job gets done, right? And that's a, a different mentality. Um,
1: but, but just uh, on that, I think that Bo touched on it when he was talking about machismo and stuff like that. Because I think there's a lot of people that will talk with pride, with pride about the fact that they did not take a vacation this year. And and you see, oh, I didn't. I I don't take. You know, I haven't taken a vacation for three years, and they're all they're all proud of it. I think that's a horrible attitude. And yeah, I think they're it, schmucks. Yeah, well, not not just that they need the mental refresh. They think that they're doing is efficient work, but they're not. There are tons of studies that say that uh, that you need to d- detach a little bit, and you will perform better. You know, and even if you think you're doing a great job, and even if you're doing a satisfactory job. Rest is always a good thing, right? So anyway, there's there's a, a push against that sort yeah, of. Yeah,
2: I mean, I I, th- I mentioned it before, but the, the eight-hour workday came from Henry Ford, who realized that if you work people longer than eight hours, they just weren't good anymore, and it was sort of widely adopted. But what I was going to say was that I mean, I feel like I've I've uh, my brother always talks about this. He works in the government as well, unionized, and he's had a few employees who have been, and in his words. Like useless and just did nothing. And, but you. You can't fire them, or it's very difficult to fire them and I feel like that's some of the the legitimate concerns about unions they have union protection, you can't fire them, maybe they say, oh well, I can't for this or that reason do these deliverables and they basically just dragging down the organization taking a taking a full salary and I think that can be a valid criticism sometimes the the dead the dead weight gets pulled along with 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 the union because everyone has equal rights and some people aren't as good or productive workers as others uh, and but they're gonna get equal protection from the union. So it can be hard to let go of those people and that's that's some Uh, of the I think that's valid criticism.
1: I would agree with that criticism. I, I I know as well individuals uh, that but I also I also know tons of individuals that have you know grieved harassment uh, and the union has had their backs and like women that were sexually harassed by their bosses and stuff like that 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 you know like turn to the union and their the union uh sometimes even it, it gets to points where sometimes even the police has to get uh, get involved I've seen some bad situations that that have been aided by the unions but I know a couple of employees in particular and I think everybody does um, that are exactly like you said being carried along by the collective? What what I think is easy to do in any sort of case is point to that. Like when you're trying to make an argument. For or against something, is point to the crazy exceptions or the the, the couple of people that will strongly support uh, your argument. And I definitely think that that pointing to those people because they all, they do exist that have sort of leached off the um, uh, the company's teat, for lack of a better term, uh, and are being supported by the unions are uh, and then in, in extrapolating that and saying like. Look! Look how lazy union workers are. Or how crappy union workers are. By looking at these two people, uh, uh, you know, I, I think that that's ingrained itself into society to a certain extent. And I don't think I don't think it's fair necessarily. I,
2: I agree. I remember Bo mentioned the bus strike that we had a few years ago, and I remember thinking about that that bus strike. And I, I came to. I've always been pro union, pro organized labor in in terms of my political views on them. But I remember at the time having sort of this attitude when I heard people who were against their strike saying things like, "The bus these bus drivers make seventy five thousand dollars a year and up." And I remember thinking like seventy five thousand dollars a year to drive a bus. I'm like, man, I could do that. And I remember and I remember having this kind of twinge of like. Of like annoyance that they were getting good pay, and then I had to check myself because I because I, I remember I, t- I took a step back and thought like what what would I be happier if they were all making twenty thousand dollars a year? Would that make my life better? If these bus drivers were all living at the poverty line, is that good for me somehow? And because I'm judging that the the work that they do, and I remember thinking like sometimes what happens when unions go on strike and withhold labor and anger people who are say can't get on the bus and they're like all oh, these bus drivers, they got easy work or whatever, is we all want to pull each other down. You know, you think like, oh, I work harder than a bus driver and I don't make $75,000 a year. I want to drag them down to my level. I damn these unions. And I feel like the, that mentality just brings us all lower. And, and I, it really worries me that kind of reaction to like hate on unions because it we just bring each other down to the muck. And I feel like good for a bus driver, makes $75,000 a year. Good for him. I hope he has a very good life. She <laughs> has a very good life and, and can support their family well.
1: I agree. Just like I agreed with the professional hockey players and the NHL unions and stuff like oh. that when we talked about <laughs> that the, no.
0: one that's not labor.
1: No, it's the same, <laughs> but it is the exact same concept that 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 Mike mentioned. It's like he, it's like why do these guys get paid so much money for doing this thing when it's obviously a supply and demand sort of thing and it's you want to drag them down, you want to sort of demean what what what, what they're doing because they get so much for doing it, right? Like but I I, I think it's the I think it's the same thing. Bus driver 75,000 like is not comparable to the millions of a professional athlete, but I agree 100% with, with what Mike is saying.
2: I well, think what bus people drivers, think and I'd say bus drivers actually perform a useful thing for society whereas yeah. hockey players arguably don't.
1: Yeah, well, that's that's, <laughs> that's my that's opinion. Your your opinion on that. But like the <laughs> uh, the uh the thing about the bus driver example is that what people think is they think okay, these guys get paid $75,000 a year, if they made less money, I would pay less money in taxes. So I like it's that seventy-five thousand dollars. That's coming out of my salary. And when they go on strike, they're going on strike, say they're making 72 and they're trying to get 75. Let's just say for kicks in a hypothetical scenario, you're you're just like you're agree like just completely upset because you're paying their salary. You already feel that they're overpaid because you're trying to drag them, you know, drag them down, or you're not appreciating what they do, um, and 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 then you're frustrated by the fact that they have the ability to strike, and so you know you paint unions as oh god the transit union god it's horrible or you know. Um, and, and I, I think it's, a, I think it's a vicious cycle.
2: It's one of those, do you remember this episode of the Simpsons? It's it's an old one where, and then this is just similar. It's not union related, but again, why you can't win in that court of public opinion, uh, where it was like, they were talking about reducing funding for the schools and then, and then, it, uh, Principal Skinner be like, well, we can't afford to pay the teachers, and some people are like, well, then we're gonna have to raise your taxes, and then we'll be like, oh no, the taxes, we're gonna keep the taxes down, and be like, well, then we're, you know, if we're gonna keep the taxes down, we're gonna have to cut the programs. Like, oh no, we can't cut the program. Well, the taxes and all the taxes, and it just goes. Like, <laughs> you can't win with people, and it's and it's and it's like that with something like transit or any public service. You know, they want to cut spending or whatever. Uh, what worries me about our current our, our current government is this trend of back to work legislation that. Uh, that that keeps happening in Canada. Uh, Just a very small side note, at my work, someone has posted a a little poster above the, the, the communal a sink in the kitchen saying the dish fairies on are on strike. And I always feel like putting a sticker they saying, back to work legislation, please. To <laughs> but so so what it comes down to is that if you know the government deems something an essential service, they can legislate it back to work. And I always find this such a stupid concept, being that labor unions were, were, were born out of civil disobedience. But now they're enshrined in law and there's and there's places where the government does can't assert um you know uh, its power to, to legislate you back to work, but I feel like like I'm just waiting for someone to finally do an illegal strike because again like it comes back to that's power and and I feel like our current government is sort of abusing their power, which should only be used in extreme circumstances to legislate back to work uh, for just all kinds of things because they're not pro labor, they're pro business and then get them back to work. But I feel like I feel like why shouldn't why wouldn't why can't they just Stay on strike, and they're like, "Oh, it's an illegal strike." It's like, "Well, that's how the movement started." And I and I feel like, I, you know, it's you're giving up your power when you just fold and and go over like that. And I feel like when they push that too far, they're going to have a real strike where people aren't just going to go back to work because they passed some vote in the House of Commons. Uh, You know, and that's what a real strike is. Yeah. I just just find it
0: interesting. Yeah, because I think it's like we talk about civil rights too. It's like there's a line where it's becoming a strike and exercising your rights under the current law to organize yourselves and protest, where you're actually just trying to – you're going more into the revolution camp, which is just – we don't – like – what's going the getting shot or being imprisoned is, is is preferable to the current misery that we live in and you know when we talk about in a certain industrial revolution kids working in factories that kind of stuff you know that affects people in a strong way but you know a three thousand dollar raise that's what we're arguing over or extra week of vacation is not really something to say make people want to risk trouble with the law and trouble with the government but and i think that's where i think that's what makes the conversation as important is all these conversations are trying to find a line between both. Um, although it like, is unfair that the government can step in and just. Well, well it isn't
2: especially because and I think it's one of these things we, we talked about this a little bit that we live in a pretty good Crofton's always good to point this out. We, we you know, we live in a pretty good society. Like things are pretty good. Uh, in this country, uh, but I always, and I'm always of the other ilk. I always worry that we take we we'll take it for granted, right? And and yeah. and some things that we have that we take for granted, things like uh, that we forget where they come from. Like when things are lost to history, like the labor movement being that you know a lot of people weren't alive when the labor movement first came around, which was rooted in civil disobedience. And the fact that we have things like maternity leave, that's because of the labor movement. That's for no other reason. That's not because governments decided they would let women have maternity leaves because the postal workers went on a hard strike and demanded maternity leaves and now it's a it's considered a right across the board like we have labor unions to thank for amazing some amazing things we have in this society and once they get weakened and crumbled you know and and that power goes away those things can start to just trickle away you know if if we take them for granted too much
1: but now that they're part of Society, like you said, now all these benefits and in particular unions are part of society. They've become an agent and an agent that you can point to to blame. And, and I think that when you were using that Simpsons example uh, of the town hall meeting and everybody stands up and boo, we want low taxes. We want to keep programs, you know. Um at one point when you realize you're at a situation where you can't give everybody everything they want you need to point to someone and say it's because of this guy <laughs> you know like this guy is 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 screwing you all and the reason we can't have everything is because he makes the cost too high for the programs or he makes the cost too high that and so I think I think um, getting back to what I was saying about how the left always point to the uh, the big corporations and, and the right always point to big union I, I do think that there's um, in today's society there is a a, a big move to to bl- using the unions and the labor movement as a point of bl- as a point of Blame, and I'm not concerned that we're going to we're going to lose it. It is troubling to see these these clawbacks that we're seeing from the current government, uh, and maybe that's going to have people question um, uh, what what we want what we value more and more. But mm-hmm. but definitely, I I do feel that our current political climate, both in this country and south of the border, is one in which everybody's looking for someone to blame. And hey, the unions are just another mm-hmm. another easy target
2: a good point um yeah are you guys ready for for verdicts,
1: on this? yeah yeah i think so. i think i think i'm ready for verdicts bo was there anybody um has anybody asked any questions or anything no or? we
0: got a couple of viewers in there but our viewers are being pretty quiet so uh you know alrighty. if they uh, just want to be voyeurs then that's cool with me I like being watched. I don't know about you guys.
1: It's sort of, yeah yeah. It's sort of like you on those sex chats, you know, where you don't you don't send any of the messages. You just watch with one hand. Um, so I'll start with my my verdict, uh, and uh, and we were talking about the uh, organized labor, um, and my my verdict right off is probably you should have been able to guess uh, by listening to this is that organized labor organized labor is good. And uh, I think I think it is good for uh, a lot of the reasons that we highlighted uh, from the historical um, ne- the historical need for it that that led to to the society that we live in now, all the advancements that that it is given to us. And also like even at a self on a selfish level, I am a unionized worker. I worked in a private company previously in Montreal in which um, in which when when it was uh, news was good. We had a $250,000 Christmas party. And when news was bad, everybody got laid off. Um, and uh, and that was rock and roll, but not necessarily in a way that I appreciated as an adult. Uh, and I definitely – appreciate the fact that i am unionized and that if ever i have issue with my employer that i'm not necessarily at their whims um and that i have all our ancestors to thank for that i continue to be appreciative of it and i think that unions are a good thing
0: all right um i just want to say for the record that organized lasers that's i'd give that a good Except I'd be scared that of the consequences. I think organized lasers are bullshit. <laughs> All right. So on to my verdict about organized labor. Um, I had a business uh, acquaintance, uh, a prominent person. I, I don't know that I want to name them, but uh, he, we were talking about this in relation to employment law. And I remember his fa- he was saying that his father was – um, and, a, you know, the head of a union, and he was a lawyer. And in his later years, he was actually saying that everything's gone too far the other way. That our, the current climb is that people do get away with everything, and that there are, it's not even that they get away with everything, it's that there is so much business cost in retaining lawyers and retaining um, adjudicators. What's the word for people who? you know, not negotiators, but, you know, people who facilitate conversations between two parties, carrying out all this stuff comes at a huge cost. That's before there's even a strike. That's the burden on a lot of employers. Um, And, and, you know, from firsthand experience, too, I do want to say that uh, when you're on that side of like the Uh, manager and uh, employee sort of conversation, there are quite a few frustrations in terms of the rules. Uh, That being said, I do enjoy the society that we live in, and I think that a lot of good things have come out of all this stuff. So I'm going to rate it as an overall thing, not just the current climb. Uh, So that means that uh, I think organized labor is is a good thing. But I want to also add one last thing to say that I don't like the culture that it creates, and that's certainly not me. I think I do like – I don't like those kinds of rules. And so, yeah. Yeah. There you go, Mike. What kind of rules? What what rules don't you like? Well, the, the example that like we can't do things because we negotiate an agreement. So if oh, you yeah, go out of yeah. your way to work, sure you need, I want to work 80 hours, but they're like, no, then you got to get paid three times. And I'm like, no, I'm going to get paid three. In fact, don't pay me. I'm just going to do the work because I love this company and I want the experience. They'll be like, no, sorry. No, 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 no. I don't like that kind of stuff. And it's not for me. Yeah,
2: I do think that's a bit of an extreme example. I think if you love your work, you can probably work more and not claim it if you want to but anyway, just, i'll get
0: just to, i uh, mean the whole general sense of the rules yeah,
2: yeah. no I, I see what you mean i think that point is uh is pretty valid oh uh, so um it's no secret to any listener of this podcast that i am a socialist <laughs> so it won't be a secret that i think organized labor is good um my mom was president of uh of, of, of a union, very proud of that, mom. If you're listening, she's not listening. But uh, <laughs> she was, she was always going to union meetings, or uh, all while well, I was growing up. So it was kind of like I, I, I saw it there. I also feel like I'm someone who always wants to see wealth more evenly distributed throughout our society. I feel like rich people have a right to be rich, but when there's too much of it at the top, I like it getting kind of mixed around. And I think labor unions have been a good way through withholding labor to get some of that money back down into workers. Uh, workers pockets and not just all up at the top and I think that that is super valuable and it's and it's power and it's really the only, it's one of the few powers that people really have in a democracy you like you have you have a vote and you can be a part of a labor union and go on strike and withhold withhold your labor that's that's a source of power so i think those are important things good things and labor unions are good all around i think it would be funny if on the
1: Series finale of good, bad, or bullshit because I'm not sure if anybody's noticed, but Mike's socialism has escalated. It used to be he put his socialist hat on, and now he's like, <laughs> now he's a socialist. I, I a would socialist. laugh if it if it ended and he's just like formed a socialist army <laughs> and is as, old- as
2: you all know, I run a local chapter of the, the Marxist Leninist Guild <laughs> here. <and> <laughs> <that>. <laughs> local candidate for the Marxist
1: Leninist Party. Uh, I'd appreciate your support.
2: <laughs> Marxist Leninism run an election i'm like leninism really leninism like it's not good why do people think it's good yeah, he was anyways. a good guy right no he's a- <laughs>
0: <laughs> i mean his view anyways let's not do yeah it no this. i Stalin's
2: know it's the good guy you're thinking about
1: salad
0: <laughs> i really want to make like a bumper for you mike like a sound when it's your turn to give a verdict we'll get some drums and horns and make yeah. it all socialist. you know socialist eastern act. european
1: <laughs> don't, don't worry, Mike. Uh, Putin's reforming the block.
2: You'll be able See, to join. That's he's in crony capitalism. That's what's going on there. There's no socialism happening
0: in Russia. We're way more socialist than there right now. Yeah, that's probably true. health healthcare, baby. All right. So uh, thanks, w- Obama. <laughs> We we all ranked it good, um, and I'm feeling a little dirty about ranking it good, but it's my verdict. I'll stick to it. You're like I hate civil rights. (laughs) No, I I was a I was a manager once,
1: and I want to be
2: able to fire those suckers. (laughs) (laughs) Workers have the ability to not work whenever I say. It's the weekend, and they want to have time with their families.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you, power is intoxicating. All (laughs) right, Um, so. Do you have an opinion on organized labor? If you do, we'd love to hear from you. Read your email on the show or send us a sound file and we'll play your question, comments on the air. Send it to goodbadbull at gmail.com. If you like the show, you can subscribe at, uh, go to our website, goodbadbull.com, and there you'll find links to iTunes, Stitcher, and, you know, there's an RSS link as well for your standard podcatcher. Um, if you're on the iTunes store, leave us a positive review. We haven't gotten one in a super long time. And uh, I'd really love to have another one on thanks, there. Thanks, Bose mom. Yeah, thanks, Bose mom. Yeah, thanks, Bose mom. I also want to give a shout out to the people listening live. Uh, I think at one point we had up to four viewers, which was fantastic. That's gross. What? Yeah. But then they
2: heard the podcast and they left. <laughs> <laughs> that includes the three
0: of us. But so nobody participated 20%. in the chat room. There is a little chat room uh, below. So log in and, and you know participate online. When, when Mike was trying to figure out his question, it might have been helpful if you guys actually knew the answer to get us quick. So we love having you watch live. That's why we do it. Um, and you can find that goodbadbull.com slash live stream. All right. I think that's going to send us out, guys. Uh, Crofton, if our listeners want to find out more about what you're doing, uh, how can they get a hold of you or where can they find they you?
1: they can find me organizing my anti-capitalistic agenda through my twitter feed at croft and steers on twitter
0: that sounds a- sweet and mike if uh, our listeners want to find you where can they find you they can find me on strike from social media
2: <laughs> that means they can't like in the street yeah, I'm going to gonna pick it and be down, like, down with social media. With social media, please like this. <laughs>
0: up you're, with VHS. You're like the 1% of social media, like not on social media.
2: Oh no, I'm on social media, just I'm a lurker or whatever.
0: Oh, uh, okay. All right, and if you want to find out more about what I'm up to, you can do so on Twitter, at Beau Schwartz. Uh, guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. Crofton and Mike, thanks for joining us. Uh, do you have any final words for our listeners before we... Uh, Fade away. No. Don't don't let go of those rights. Because one day you may
1: lose them. Is that good?
0: in his oh, hand oh. standing over Did me
1: somebody order pizza